Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Boss is here. Military parents never miss a beat, and neither does the Johns Hopkins U.S. Family Health Plan. Built for every warrior in your family, with more than 40 years of service to military families, TRICARE Prime Benefits plus exclusive extras. Learn more at warriorsathome.com. I want you to imagine your member of parliament, whichever area you live in, I want you to imagine your MP. So who do you think of? Somebody who is very proper, was probably a scholar, went to all the good schools, you know? I mean, by right, somebody with a lot of compassion for people. But you know, at the very least, somebody who is competent enough. Okay, now you have this image of what an MP should look like, right? Now imagine... You're in India in the 1990s and you're living in the Mirzapur constituency. So let me introduce you to your new candidate, Fulan Devi. So this is a woman who was married off as an 11-year-old child and then she somehow joined a gang and then she stabbed her ex-husband and after that when her gang split up when she was raped and and tortured by the winning faction when she was humiliated in front of a village you know she had to walk naked through the village like Cersei's walk of shame in Game of Thrones she escaped she basically joined set up a new gang became one of its leaders and then she went back and ordered the execution of 22 men from the very same village that she was humiliated in. Imagine this is your new member of parliament, Fulan Devi. Hi, I'm Teddy and welcome to A Briefcase. Today, we are covering the case of India's Bandit Queen. Fulan Devi was born on 10th August 1963, so this should make her a Leo. So she was born in the Jalan district of Uttar Pradesh, India. So her mom was Mula Devi and her dad was Devi Din and they had four kids in total. And Fulan was the youngest. So they were also extremely poor. They were part of the Mala caste, which was like boatmen, fishermen kind of caste, alright? I mean, technically the caste system in India was abolished from the constitution in 1950. But you know, in reality, it was still very present in the 1960s. And from what I read, it looks like caste discrimination in India, it still technically happens today. Anyway, from what we could find, she had a really strong personality. 
There's this story of her when she was 11, her paternal grandparents died. So these are her dad's parents, right? So they own this one acre plot of land with an extremely old neem tree and she was very attached to this tree. So her dad's brother's son, like her cousin, whose name is Maya Din Mala on her dad's side, wanted to cut down the neem tree so that the family could plant crops and make more money. But she was so angry. You know how people get really attached to plants? I get really attached to plants. I mean, I love trees. So she started to protest. She made fun of her cousin. Like, every day she would taunt her cousin. Uh, And essentially, they said that she verbally abused him for weeks over this one tree to try to get him to stop, to stop chopping down the tree and she even got a bunch of other girls from the same village to have a sit-in like this girl was an activist so her family tried to drag her away from the tree during this sit-in right and eventually she refused and the only way that they could get her away from the tree was if they hit her unconscious with a brick and drag her away and that's what they did so this was just her personality I mean like Fulan Devi was no weak bitch so now a few months after this remember she's like 11 years old right now in the 70s okay she's like a P5 kid her family arranges for her to marry a man called Putilal Mala and Putilal was in his in his 30s what's he doing getting married to an 11 year old so he was three times her age and she definitely didn't want to get married she kept running away from him so she was sexually abused physically abused but just as a side note even though she was sexually abused i don't think she was raped because like she was still considered a virgin and You'll find out why this matters in a bit. So eventually, her husband returned her to her family, to her parents. But then, you know, back then, but even now, like, this kind of thing not being accepted by your arranged marriage husband's family is considered, like, dishonoring your family, quote-unquote, dishonoring your family. And it was considered humiliating, like, humiliating to your family because they, quote-unquote, didn't raise you, right, to run away from your abusive husband right also um i thought this was a good time to segue if you or anyone you know is experiencing any sort of domestic violence any sort of dv if you don't feel safe uh please reach out to the national anti-violence helpline in singapore it's 24 hours so you can reach out at any time and the number is 1-800-777- 0000. So again, that's 1 800 777 And I'll also add in the number in the description. Back to the case. So now, remember, so Fulan has been returned to her family. And remember, she had a cousin who wanted to cut down the neem tree, Maya Din, as revenge for everything, right? humiliating him over the tree, humiliating the family over the husband, everything. 
Maya, her own cousin, went to the police and accused Fulan of stealing from him. And so she gets arrested by the police, right? Who obviously didn't do their due diligence and don't know about now, but looks like the rural Indian police were kind of untrustable because they also physically abused her. They beat her up. And I just felt really angry for her while I was researching the case because, right, she's just literally a kid and she's already been through so much. And after that, the police, oh, they let her off with a warning because she's literally just a kid. So I think at that time, she was probably around 16. So a bit older, but still technically a kid, right? So her parents, they try sending her back to her abusive husband. They gave gifts. Now imagine giving presents to the very people who abused your daughter. So her family-in-law very generously accepted the gifts and agreed to take her back. So they performed a ceremony called Gauna, I'm probably not pronouncing that right, which was when a married couple starts to stay together, when they start to cohabit. So they took 16-year-old Fulan to her husband's house and... They just left her there and this time she stayed for a couple of months and this time I think he did rape her because in a few months she went back to her parents and she was officially not a virgin anymore. And her family-in-law, they returned the presents that Fulan's parents gave them and were like, um, fuck off, we don't want anything to do with Fulan anymore. So like I think today now anybody reasonable would be like yeah you fuck off too right but not in 1970s rural India and I think like at that time even honor killings were still a massive problem in the rural areas of some Asian countries not just India so instead of being like oh my god this guy's a terrible husband and we should keep our girls safe from him Fulan was the one who became a social outcast because a wife leaving or being abandoned by her husband was the worst thing that could happen then. And so this was around 1979. So that was her childhood. Now, this was when Fulan, outcast by society, ends up joining a group of bandits or dequats, daiquats, as they were known there, alright? So now this is very mysterious and Fulan herself never really goes into it, but she has said how she joined them, quote, it was a dictate of fate, end quote. So there's this speculation that she was kidnapped because she had a temper or the temperament suited to be a bandit. You know, she had a strong personality, Another one was that she just ended up joining herself. And personally, I'm leaning more to she got kidnapped because the gang leader at that time, a man called Babu Goija, ends up raping her for three days. Um, but guess what? His second-in-command, Vikram Mala, stopped the rape and then kills Babu Goija. So after that, he takes over the gang. So Vikram is a pretty important part of Fulan's life as she starts to, you know, become part of this gang of bandits. Now, Vikram technically had a wife, but Fulan and Vikram, they start hooking up. And they go around doing bandit things, attacking villagers, stealing money. Eventually, the gang ends up attacking the village where Fulan's quote-unquote ex-husband, Putilal used to live. And so Fulan, I get she is salty, she is vindictive, and I'm not saying it's right, 
to drag your abusive ex-husband who sexually assaulted you when you were 11 out of the house. And you know, I'm not saying it's right to stab him and then leave him for dead with a note warning older men not to marry young girls. It's not good, you know. If you do this kind of thing, the police will come from the, the police station, the neighborhood police station NPC to get your ass. You know, but I think the husband almost kind of deserved this vengefulness, yeah? Anyway, so he ends up surviving the stabbing. He became a recluse and people in the village avoided him because imagine if the bandit gang came back and saw you hanging out with the guy who got stabbed. Yeah, you know, you don't want to hang out with him. Fulan learned a lot of things from her time in the bandit gang and she learned a lot of things from Vikram, her new boo. She learned how to use a rifle. Uh, she learned that if you're going to kill, you should kill 20 people because if you kill 20 people, you get infamous. But if you kill one, you're just a murderer. And so here's some advice from me, Teddy Teo, that you should always listen to. You should probably just not kill anyone. Very easy, right? Very easy to remember. So Fulan goes about, she does all the bandit things, they attack and loot the richer villages where all the fancy upper caste people lived. They kidnapped people for ransom, which was also a problem in Singapore back then. And they also did highway robberies and targeted fancy cars. And all was, I guess, well enough in Fulan and Vikram's gang for a while. But wait, there's some internal gang conflict. So remember how Vikram killed the last gang leader? Well, there were two guys. Their names were Sriram and Lalaram. So Vikram and Fulan, they were both Mala, right? Like the fishermen, boatmen, caste. But Sri and Lala, they were upper caste. They were part of a land-owning caste. And this whole time, they've been in jail. But when they came out, they were pissed. They were like, oh my god, Vikram killed the last boss. And they blamed Fulan for it. They were also angry that Vikram was not technically the leader, even though he was lower caste. Than them, so there was even caste discrimination in gangs, right? And so, the two, Sri and Lala, they start forming their own little upper caste faction in the gang, and they would attack Mala villages and they would physically abused, they would be more brutal, more vicious towards the Mala people. And so all the Mala people in the gang, they started leaving too because they didn't like this because to them, they were like attacking your own kind of people, right? Caste really shouldn't be a thing. And so this was the first problem in the gang. Now the second problem in the gang was about Fulan. So gang members didn't like that she was hooking up with Vikram for two reasons. Reason one was that they were jelly, they were jealous. And reason two was Vikram was married. Vikram has been technically married this whole time. And some of the members were related to his wife. So they're like, why are you hooking up with, say, my cousin's husband, you know? So in order to solve these problems, they couldn't really solve the Fulan Vikram hooking up problem, but to solve the caste discrimination in the gang, Vikram was like, hey, if you don't like our caste, so why don't we just split up? Different gangs, different caste. So it doesn't sound too bad, right? But a few days after he proposed this, Vikram and Sri Ram, they get into a fight and Vikram and Fulan run. They try to escape. But they get caught by Sri Ram and Lala Ram and a bunch of new recruits who are loyal to only Sri Ram and Lala Ram. And so, 
Vikram Mala was killed and Fulan was taken by this new gang. She was brought to a place called Bemai village and she was locked up in a room. So she was beaten up, she was raped, she was humiliated by the upper caste members of the gang. And this went on for three whole weeks. She was stripped naked, she was paraded around the village. She was walked off shame by the opposing gang members. But with the help of a lower caste villager and two of the Mala members who are still technically in the gang, she managed to escape. So Fulan ends up in a relationship with one of the guys who helped her escape, Man Singh Mala. They end up becoming the leaders of a Mala-only gang, so there wasn't any more internal gang conflicts about Cassia. And after that, the two, they go a couple of months doing bandit gang things. They raid villages, they rob people, and they also made it a point to target upper caste people as much as possible. So not in a discriminatory sort of way, but it kind of makes sense because technically at that time, upper caste people would have more money, more opportunities and be richer. They would have been a better target basically. This whole time, Fulan was still angry she didn't let it go how do you let that kind of thing go you know she's planning her angry angry revenge a couple of months later on valentine's day 14 february 1981 she returns to Bermai village the same village that she was beaten raped humiliated in she walked in with her new gang her strong gang and demanded sri ram and lala ram and I mean, they're probably in hiding, right? So instead, she had a gang round up 22 men in the village and she had them killed. So this was a massive deal. The chief minister of Uttar Pradesh, their area, resigned. And there was a manhunt which kept failing because Fulan was a little bit like an underdog, you know? Even after two years, the police couldn't catch Fulan. Alright, so they decided that they had to negotiate instead. Fulan wasn't the healthiest after two years on the run. And honestly, most of her gang members were dead, you know, part of the risk of being abandoned. So she agreed to the negotiation. She didn't trust the Uttar Pradesh police because, I mean, remember when she was a teenager and her cousin accused her of stealing stuff and she got beaten up and thrown in jail for three days? So yes, so part of her conditions was that there couldn't be any Uttar Pradesh police and she was only going to surrender to the police in another area, the Madhya Pradesh police, Madhya Pradesh police. And she wasn't going to lay down her arms, her guns to the police, only the pictures of Gandhi and Durga, a goddess that she worshipped. And she also had four other conditions. One, there wouldn't be any death penalty for any of her gang members. Dude, the jail term for her gang members couldn't be more than 8 years. 3. If she surrenders, she wants a plot of land. And 4. For some reason, she wanted her whole family to be there to see her surrender. So these were her 4 conditions. And I guess I don't get why she wanted her family there, but maybe she just wanted to see them after not seeing them for so long. After setting out these conditions, she meets with the police for her surrender and they travelled to Madhya Pradesh to do it. There were 10,000 people watching and 300 policemen because technically at this time, she was a dangerous gang boss. 
And so at this time, she didn't just surrender, a bunch of other members in her gang also surrendered. So in total, Fulan was charged with 48 crimes, 30 charges of banditry, a bunch of charges for kidnapping, and the courts weren't very efficient because her trial ends up being delayed for 11 years. And during this time, she had ovarian cysts and ended up having a hysterectomy. So that's when they take out like your reproductive organs and stuff. And allegedly, the doctor actually said, we don't want Fulan Devi breeding more Fulan Devis. Yeah, so this doctor was super rude. She was in prison until 1994 when the then leader of the Mala community came and interceded for her to be released on parole. And in a massive plot twist, the government of Uttar Pradesh, where she committed all her crimes, they just withdrew all the cases against her. And this was massively controversial, but just like that, she was free. And she wasn't old at all. She was in her 30s, right? She ends up running for for a member of parliament as an MP and she served from 1996 to 1998 and then from 1999 to 2001 and she served in the Mizapar district of Uttar Pradesh and honestly, right, even though she was technically illiterate, if you look at her background and you take out all the criminal part, she definitely knew how to lead like gang of girls, gang of bandits and so what happened in the end? So, so where's she now, right? On 25th July 2001, three masked gunmen went to her house and they shot her. And she was shot nine times in the head, the chest, the shoulder and her right arm. And the men were never found, but the shooting was orchestrated by someone called Sha Singh Rana, who was another politician. And allegedly, this was revenge for the mass murder of the 22 men in Bemai, which she essentially got away with. And that was the end of Fulan Devi. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of A Briefcase. So this was a little bit of a long one and I've been actually wanting to cover Fulan Devi for a while because her case was just interesting. And apparently there were a couple of movies made about her. One of them was called Bandit Queen and Fulan actually hated it so much. She tried to get it banned and threatened to set herself on fire, like self-immolate if the film wasn't withdrawn. Apparently she was like, this is massively inaccurate and this is misrepresenting my life. But, but I get, I think she got paid off like 40,000 British pounds and she was like, okay, whatever. She also wrote an autobiography, so she was technically illiterate, right? But she worked with two authors, Marie-Therese Cuny and Paul Ramble, and it's called The Bandit Queen of India, An Indian Woman's Amazing Journey from Peasant to International Legend. And also, peasant is such a weird word to use today. I mean, technically, I am a peasant, but I feel so sad to say out loud. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Share it with your friends and follow us on Instagram at A Briefcase Podcast. Thank you for all of you who voted for this case. And you can find us online at abriefcasepodcast.com. And do join us next week for another briefcase. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.